Hey guys, Dustin Wynn. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch, and this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio. Uh, this is Robin Cross from Southern Ontario. We've got Grandpa Batman from Texas. Howdy. Notorious LPC from Jersey. Yes, sir. Robo Rich from Detroit. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Yo, where's Wes? Maybe an Arkham inmate 0801. There he is. <laughs> nice. And despite our best efforts, the Trunkler from Chicago. <laughs> awesome. Hello, hello. So a massive week for comics. Uh, DC's Rebirth event just kicked off with Rebirth number one and turned the DC universe inside out. Uh, if you haven't read Rebirth yet, pause right now, uh, go read it and come back because we're going to be spoiler heavy with our guest this week. Uh, you've seen his work in Batman: The Dark Knight, Detective Comics, Batman Eternal. And most recently on Justice League, he just wrapped up the Dark Side War, which led directly into the Rebirth event and cemented him as one of the very top artists in the industry. Our guest this week, Jason Fabok. Thanks so much. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Oh, absolute pleasure. Jay, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much for being on. And also thank you so much for sharing your visual creative gifts with us in the world. Um, Dark Side War is an instant classic, and we, we're just still blown away by We're still reacting to everything in terms of just all the detail and effort and work you put in to depict such a, an epic Justice League DC classic with you and Jeff John, just unbelievable. Um, so once again, thanks again so much for coming on. And, uh, and how, well, first of all, how's everything going? How, how are you? Everything's going really good. I've been uh, taking the last couple weeks off here. I finished off issue 50. I think it was, I handed it in on May the 1st. So about 26 days ago, I handed that book off to go to the printer. Wow. And then, uh, and then I just told DC I'm taking the whole month of May off. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into a little bit about uh, the story about drawing Justice League 50 because it was, it was crazy. It was the <laughs> tightest, most crazy deadline I've ever had to do. And so, it uh, kind of left me burnt out, and so I've taken this last, you know, couple weeks off here and just enjoyed time with the family and catching up on all the video games I haven't played in a couple months and uh, nice. you know, <laughs> that, that that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, a, a big deadline for like that for you is different than a lot of other artists. I don't know if uh, many people are aware, but you actually ink all your own pencils as well, so you're pulling double duty on everything that you're working. Yeah, uh, you know, I cheat a little bit because I'm doing everything digitally. Um, so you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. But you still have to be very careful with your lines. I mean, I rough everything out and then I go through and I, you know, I tighten the lines up and, uh, you know, try to get them looking as, you know, best as I can. Um, 
so it does take a little bit more time than if I was penciling it and I could be a little bit more rough and hand it off to an anchor to do the finishes. But, uh, so it, that does add a little bit more time to the process. Uh, but in the end I'm, I'm happy with sort of, you know, what the final product looks like, uh, on my end when I hand it off for the colors. Do you do it that way just because that's your preferred medium or is it just because you want to knock two birds out with one stone like that? <clears throat> when I first started, I was doing everything pencil on paper and then sending it off to an anchor. But I just found that the amount of detail I was trying to put into the work, uh, the anchors couldn't handle the the workload. And I would have two or three anchors a book. And uh, I just found the quality wasn't there. And I and I was it was too stressful to have to send off your work to all these different people and try to hit deadline. And so uh, I... I I went to school for 3D animation and traditional hand-drawn animation and used a lot of digital uh, tools doing that. And so I, I really felt that I could make a transition digitally and have maybe and have no problems doing that and actually maybe draw quicker uh, than what I could on paper. And so, you know, I uh, before I when I was working with Aspen Comics, this is about five or six years ago. Uh, I kind of used that as a time to figure out the digital process of things. And then uh, ever since I did those Dark Knight issues for David Finch back pre-New 52 Dark Knight uh, issues, those were my first DC books. Those ones I had done uh, traditionally, but then I think starting with the Batman annual, the Mr. Freeze issue, uh, from that point to now I've done everything digitally. But I might actually be switching back now that I've now that I've finished Justice League. The next couple projects I do uh, aren't going to be monthly books, and they're going to give me a little bit more time. So I might I might actually digitally draw or like digitally pencil the work, and then I'm trying to find an anchor right now, find somebody who wants to work with me, and then he could uh, print the art out uh, on paper with blue line, and then traditionally ink over it, and then I have some pages to sell. Um, as well, so I don't know. I might, I might do some of that in the future here. I'll try. Send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I draw a mean stick figure. <laughs> I just love hearing about things like that when uh, when an artist talks about inkers having difficulty handling the level of uh, detail that you do because I just absolutely love detail and I feel like that was one of the strongest points in this last run of Justice League is all the detail applied to all of these different characters, because when you're telling a story like this, it, I, I feel like all of that visual information has to be in there to really engage the, the reader to go through, go through the story and whatnot. Observing like in Batman eternal number one, when, um, you know, bats is in and he's going down and, and the underground subway and the whole professor pig thing. It was just the detail and work put into that. So I, uh, yeah. now Jay, you're from an area here in southern Ontario, the the Windsor Essex area that has now become a really densely concentrated area for uh, top level uh, comic creators. Uh, now, what kind of got you into uh, this? What what made you want to get into comics and, and steered you uh, into that uh, career path? Yeah, well, when I was in when I was in high school, it was actually a teacher. One of my high school teachers, uh, Mr. Werbinski, he was my English teacher, and he caught me drawing one day and uh, in class, and uh, 
And instead of kind of instead of yelling at me or saying, hey, get back to work, he, he looked at me and just said, hey, you should become a comic book artist. And I mean, I I had always liked superheroes and always liked comic book stuff, but figured that, you know, there's really no way I would ever be able to do that. Only, you know, people who live in New York and, you know, these are comic book artists, not not a guy from I grew up in Harrow, Ontario, a small little town of 3000 people. So you know, it's a small little farming community. Everybody's a farmer, you know, everybody works at Chrysler around here. So, um, he was a guy who kind of, my teacher kind of was the one who first got me thinking about it. And then, um, I, I went off to school, like I mentioned, uh, here at St. Clair college in Windsor for their animation program. And while I was there, I had always had these, I, I had always dreamed of being a comic book artist, but really didn't know how to get about that so i took the animation program thinking maybe i you know i could broaden my my range of things i could do maybe i could get into video games or pixar or you know animate cartoons or even book illustrations these kinds of things but one day uh david finch came into our class because he lives in the windsor area as well and uh you know he gave us a little talk and we got to ask him questions and i left that day just you know, thinking, man, if, you know, if a guy like that living here in, in this town can do that, maybe I could do that too. And so, uh, you know, it was a couple of years, you know, a few years later, uh, maybe two or three years later, I, a friend of mine knew him somehow. I can't even remember how, but, um, I asked that my friend, uh, Pete, if he could, um, hook me up with Dave to send in my portfolio just to see if he would give me some critiques. And, uh, Dave invited me over to his house, and so I went over to his house, and he gave me a couple critiques of my work, and then started giving me a whole bunch of, uh, you know, kind of like little mini projects to do. Hey, come back tomorrow. I want you to, uh, he kind of showed me how to draw some buildings, and he said, come back tomorrow and draw, you know, draw a bunch of buildings tonight, bring them over tomorrow, and I'll critique them. And so I did that, and, uh, you know, and then that turned into another day's worth of stuff, and, and that turned into about six months of me going over to his house, you know, every other day or every three days. Um, Did and, he make and, you mow the lawn? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> if you come over to my house, you got to mow the lawn, man. <laughs> you wash his car, wax on, wax off. <laughs> I would bring him coffee sometimes. Uh, you know, just Tim Hortons. Yeah, yeah, get some yeah. Tim Hortons coffee. But, uh, you know, he, he, was, he taught me everything, like, you know, how, how to draw faces, how to draw – the body, arms, anatomy, uh, buildings, cars, uh, tech stuff, spaceships, all this kind of stuff. And, and originally, like, I was going to help him, like, be, like, a pencil assistant, you know, drawing his backgrounds. Uh, Dave had, you know, used a couple different people for that in the past to help him with deadlines. Uh, but it just turned out that he, at that time, he was working at Marvel, I think, at that time, and he was just doing covers and he was going to transition over to D.C. And so he wasn't doing any interior work. And uh, he just decided that I was I had a good enough portfolio. And so we sent it into D.C. and I got I got hired. And uh, I guess wow. the rest is the rest is history. Wow. So are you exclusive with D.C. now? Yes, I've, I've been an exclusive for the last five years. Yes, that's awesome. That's smart on their part. Did you ever see it going this far? Because at, at this point, you're considered within the top three artists of DC there is, period, like, hands down. So. I, I would have never, um, in my wildest dreams, I would have never thought I would be 
doing what I'm doing. It's, it's been a, it's been a pretty crazy ride. I mean, uh, you know, I, I often tell this story, like my, the one character I always wanted to work on was Batman. You know, he, he, Batman was my favorite character growing up as a kid. And I always wanted to draw Batman, but figured, you know what? They only give, you know, Batman, only the best artists get to draw Batman. I'll, you know, I'll probably have to work 15 years or so in this industry doing all kinds of small little jobs before I get a chance to draw, uh, you know, Batman. But every single DC book I've ever drawn has had Batman in it at least once, at least on one page, one panel. And, uh, you know, that's, it's kind of, it's kind of cool, you know, like to think that, you know, that was my dream and I've, you know, every book I've ever worked on for DC has had Batman in there somewhere. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Because I think one of DC comics main strengths is knowing, recognizing talent when they see it and holding on to it, which they've done with artists and writers, but you've been considered by many this um, colossal rising star uh, creatively um, as far as the artwork goes. And a lot of these artists work for years and dream of drawing a Wonder Woman or a, a Superman or a Green Lantern, but you've drawn an epic story of the justice it pretty much everyone like i think i could speak for the rest of the guys when like we're just still blown away by um how much you've accomplished and i guess what would be considered a relatively short time for um i guess a comic book artist uh here recently they've been doing a lot of the uh and they're mostly the batman titles but they do the unwrapped editions where they're just the raw artwork no colors and stuff like that yeah do you do you ever do you want or have you ever been approached about maybe having an unwrapped Jason Fabok edition put out? Yeah, I I don't know. I'd love it if they did that. I, oh, I don't know. Too. I don't know if they'll I don't know if they'll do that or not. We'll have to see. I mean, I have really no control over those kinds of things. I've I've hinted at it. I said, you know, hey, it would be cool. If, <laughs> like they were like they were coming out with. Um, you know, sometimes they'll do like they'll take like the first issue of a run or something, and they'll they will release an unwrapped you know, the black and white-ish version of the book. I think they did that with some John Romita Superman stuff and Capullo a couple times. And I had yeah, said, the uh, director's cut. Yeah, I had said for Ju- uh, Justice League issue 41 when that came out, I had said, hey, let's do that. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe the book has to sell a certain amount of copies before they they uh, feel that they can do that and get away with it or whatever. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe in the future it would be really cool because I'd love people just to see my raw – you know the black and white artwork yes yes yeah, DC. Oh, oh. and what also okay. sub- something that needs to be inevitable is a, a very a well-sculpted action figure run based on jay's work yeah. maybe out of the dark side work because whoever's I listening really need the green lantern batman this, uh, this, like yeah. whoever's <laughs> listening this is dc collectibles i know you're out there it's gonna make a lot of money definitely give us a batman <laughs> on the mobius chair that jason oh, we're making requests now well send send your like uh bombard dc comics on twitter or something about that because i've been i've been i mean that's one of my that's one of my biggest dreams would be to get some action figures down. I'm a big action figure collector. And, uh, uh, you know, there is some, there is a few things coming out. Like there's, uh, they, they just announced like a, there's like a dark side and grail action figure. Is that not your design? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't actually like design like the the figures though. Like, like they didn't ask me to like do like a design template, but I think they kind of took artwork from the book and kind of created something and, 
there's a Wonder Woman figure that's similar or that's designed off of my Wonder Woman. And so there's a few little things like that. And that. we'll be all over DC about those action figures based on Jay's work. Definitely. So yep. Don't worry about what's your, uh, what's Not- your favorite version of Batman? I mean, do you have a special place for any particular, you know, version of Batman throughout history? There's a whole bunch actually. Um, you know, my first exposure to him, I think, was the Adam West Batman, um, watching old reruns on TV. And then and then I, I distinctly remember the day when I first saw the 89 Batman, the Tim Burton Batman. Um, taped my, I taped it off a of TV. Uh, this was back in the day when you had VHS cassettes and you had to tape stuff. <laughs> yep. I still and, use them. I still use them. Uh, <laughs> It was probably maybe like six or seven at that time. And it was just so different from the Adam West version. I, you know, I was really blown away by that. And it's still one of my favorite versions is that, that original Batman 89 movie. And, uh, and then there was the Tim, the Bruce, Tim, um, animated series stuff that, that stuff still stuck with me. And, uh, I love that show. Uh, but then comic book wise, it was really Jim Lee's Batman hush that, that was one of those books when I read that I, I that's when I knew I like that was kind of like I want to draw like that I want to have that big bold you know uh, contrast black and white contrast kind of artwork Frank Miller's Batman is another big mm-hmm. one for me when I read Dark Knight Returns yeah. I really the way he drew him and uh, the other Batman my other favorite Batman artist was uh, Tim Sale oh yeah, yes. nice. yeah. awesome <laughs> he's amazing <laughs> amazing <laughs> Really loved the Long Halloween and uh, whatever the other one. I forget what the other book was called. Uh, Dark Victory. Yeah, yeah. Dark mm-hmm. Victory. You know, I loved those books. I loved Tim Sale. And Tim Sale's art is so different from what I would draw. But I just really loved that noir, film noir kind of detective story. The way that he presents the artwork in those books is great. Absolutely. Uh, what was your biggest um, reaction when, or first of all, how did DC come to you and ask you about Justice League? Oh. And then, yeah. what was your biggest? I don't. I don't want. I don't want to say fear because I mean. Uh, but what was your biggest fear about doing taking that kind of task? I mean, you know, you, you've done Batman. You've, you know, villains, but to take on an entire team of heroes and trying to put that on paper, hmm. did you have any concerns or? Uh, or what was your reaction or feelings when you first got asked? I was working on Batman Eternal, and I really wasn't happy. Um, I, I had taken Batman Eternal mostly because I wanted to work with Scott Snyder on something and, uh, and because it was a big new number one in a launch book, it, it, you know, I knew it would help to get my name out there. And then, and as an artist in this industry, you have to kind of, you have to be smart about the projects you take. You can't just take, you don't just want to take anything. You want to, if you can, you want to take books that are going to really get you in to the most hands the most readers hands so that you can you can grow your name you can grow your fan base which will then lead to longevity of a career and so i was working on detective comics they wanted to do this batman eternal and i originally just wanted to do the first three issues um just to you know because i knew it was going to be a big opening um and so i did those three issues but i really found that i wasn't happy with the way that that book the, the way that the collaboration was on that book, there pretty much was none. It was you got a script and you really didn't have a say in what was going on uh, other than, you know, you just got to draw the pages and and move on. Because they, they were writing the book kind of as like a committee 
And, you know, to make a change to something in this issue was going to affect something down the line. Like it, it was it was just very robotic the way that that book was set up. Um, I enjoyed drawing the first three issues and then I did a, a couple other issues in there. But I just uh, I just wasn't happy with with that book. I wanted my own book. And so um, normally what you would do is you would talk to an editor or, or something, or even the talent relation people at DC and tell them, you know, I'm looking for something else. But I, I talked to Dave Finch about it and he just said, here, here's Dan DiDio's number. Just call him. You know, he said, <laughs> that's awesome. Just call the, big, call the top. Just call the boss. Yeah. He just said, you know, go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. That, that's what Dave said. He said, you know, if you really want to get something done, like just go right to Dan and tell Dan what you want and what you're feeling. And, uh, and you know, he'll, you know, he'll, you know, figure it out or at least put you, you know, keep you in mind for something. So I called Dan and we talked and I told him what I was feeling. And, and he asked me, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to, I want to do a big book like Justice League or, a, or, a, or some sort of an event series or something like that. And uh, at that time, Ivan Rice was working on Justice League and he said, well, Ivan Rice is on the book and, and, you know, it's probably not going to happen because Ivan, you know, he can draw like the wind and, and he's he's pumping out books and whatnot. Um, so I said, OK, well, keep me in mind for that. And so I, I kept working on Batman Eternal. And then uh, one night it was like midnight my time. I get a, te- uh, a Twitter messenger thing bleeped on my phone and and it was Jeff Johns. And he just said in the messages, just said, hey, can I call you? <laughs> I've never talked to Jeff ever. It's like never a bad signal Jeff going ever. up. Yeah, it was, it was really weird. And I was saying, I was up now. It was like midnight. I'm like saying to my wife, like, well, Jeff Johns wants to call me. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like, what do I do? Who is like, it, honey? Yeah. I was thinking like, well, do I tell him to call me in the morning? And I said, oh, I, won't, I won't be able to sleep if, if I don't figure out, like, I know what he wants to talk to me about. So, so I, I, we ended up, he ended up calling me and uh, we talked for a bit. And then he said, hey, I want, I, I want to offer you the job on Justice League. And, uh, you know, I was just blown away. And, and right from that moment, he started talking to me about this dark side war thing. And, oh, wow. and, you know, he knew exactly what he wanted to do. And he actually told me like three or four different story arcs that would happen even into the future. But now they won't because <laughs> we, we left the book. But uh, I'm sure that those stories will actually come back in some way in the future. We, so we talked about that. And, uh, yeah, he, he gave me gave me the, the opportunity to work on the book and they were he actually didn't even talk to dan DiDio. that was the interesting thing that uh he didn't even talk to dan and he kind of came up with this idea so again it was just like one of those things where like i kind of i dreamed it and it kind of happened and and it really you know really kind of cool way uh and as for the second question you know i i had when i was working on batman eternal uh, I think Forever Evil had came, come out, right? And so Dave Finch was drawn Forever Evil. And I was reading that book and I was just, I was thinking to myself, man, like, I think I could actually do this. Like, I feel like I, I could actually draw a huge, you know, event kind of book with all these characters. And I think I could do a pretty good job at, at it if they would just give me the opportunity. And uh, coming into Justice League, I mean, yeah, I was a little bit freaked out. I, hadn't really drawn too much Superman and, and any other of these characters, really. I'd only really drawn Batman and a couple other characters, small characters. And yeah, it, it was kind of scary, but I did some roughs and I put those out online and people really seemed to respond to them. And, uh, and 
I feel that as I drew each issue, I kind of learned it, how to draw each character and, you know, it slowly just progressed. Uh, with, with a team book, you're thrown into it and you have to draw so many characters so fast that you just kind of, just kind of go with whatever feels right. And like I said, like your characters kind of evolve as you go through the series. Like the way I drew Superman changed as I went through. Uh, and I probably would draw them different now if I had the chance. Like I would kind of, I think I would change some of the ways I would draw them, but you kind of get stuck in this whole thing of I, I drew them this way, so now I got to keep drawing them that way <laughs> to do it, you know. So, well, your your first arc, the uh, Amazo uh, Virus and Justice League. I mean, Amazo Virus was one of those things where we knew we wanted to do Dark Side War, but Jeff wanted to kind of start me off slow, and so he said, "I, we, I got this four issue arc we're going to do, and it's small. It kind of just it starts small, and then the last issue, issue thirty nine, I think it was, is when there's like a big fight with all these characters, and so." It was it was a really nice kind of breaking in for me because I was able to learn how to draw a team book from those first couple issues. And then by the time I hit issue 41 of Dark, like issue part one of Dark Side War, I feel like I had gone through, you know, kind of a boot camp on how to draw a team book. And so I was ready, but I wouldn't have been ready with Dark Side War if, if, if that was the first thing I started. I think it would have been a little bit more rough. And and also, it's like, you I'd never worked with Jeff. He'd never worked with me. Like, he was kind of, for him, it was kind of like uh, testing. It was like, let's see if we can work together here. And and we really hit it off. And so that Amazovirus, uh, for us, I think just proved, like, it was like a team building exercise. And, and I feel like we really hit it off well, and we figured out how to work well with each other. And then he just wrote, Dark Side War was kind of him writing to my strengths, you know? Um, that he had discovered I could do in Omeza virus. So, yeah. When uh, how Jeff Johns writes, uh, like you said, he seemed like he was writing to your compliments. Um, is he the kind of writer that is very detailed on, okay, I need you to do a bird's eye view in this panel and I need you to zoom in on this person's face? Or does he just kind of let you do, you know, do what you want? And, it, and is that the kind of style you like? Is more freedom or do you prefer to be told okay, uh, this panel, you know, have it over the guy, over Superman's shoulder or whatnot. He writes a detailed script, and, and that's what I like, but he does leave you space to kind of, you know, do kind of what you want. I mean, not not every not every panel and every page in the book is exactly how he wrote it. I mean, sometimes I find that I came to things and I have to change it a little bit visually, but uh, for the most part, I do I do like it when a writer gives me specifically what he wants. It just speeds up my process. I can visualize it immediately and I can just, you know, just dive right into a layout and go. Um, I, I don't I'm not the kind of guy who sits there and plans out layouts for an entire issue before I start drawing. I pretty much just open up my PDF file of the script look at what I have to draw for the day, lay it out really quickly, kind of just go with my <clears> gut <throat> feeling and then just start drawing it. Um, you know, knowing, knowing kind of what's going to happen over the next couple pages, but I, I that's kind of how I work. And, and I like that. I like the way that he lays out his scripts. They're very detailed. And, and like I said, he works to his artist's strengths too. Like when he works with Gary Frank, he writes, a, he writes his scripts and, and the stories differently for Gary than he would write for me. 
um, because you know he knows that Gary can handle like can do some comedy stuff with his facial expressions and and Gary's a very works you know kind of similarly in style to like uh, Brian Boland or Dave Gibbons like the way his storytelling is whereas I'm more of like a you know the Jim Lee school of storytelling you know this kind of thing like more action oriented and big shots of characters and so you know he writes differently to me for me than he would even even those two issues in the middle like that Francis Manipool came on for issue 45 and 46 uh, that I wasn't able to do for Dark Side War uh, he he said he had to he wrote those pay, those books differently for Francis like to to accommodate his mm-hmm. strengths you know, so he, Jeff's a very smart writer and he know he really knows what he's doing. And uh, it's really a blast to work with him. Yeah, I was curious about uh, on your Justice League run when you got on that. Um, like, it's been kind of a, a, a dream team on a book for me because uh, Jeff, to me, is the is the perfect writer for for a Justice League book because he just gets the whole DC universe. For anything. <laughs> yeah, he, he gets the whole DC universe as a whole so well. He doesn't, you know, blend any of the characters' personalities and everybody. You really, you know, he can get you invested in every character in the storyline. And and same thing with your art. Like you have a very individual art style, and you know, some artists as good as they are, sometimes some of the characters have similarities, you know, in their in their faces or something like that. And uh, I. I really loved uh, all the art you did on this specifically. Like, uh, I think you do female characters really well. I loved your Wonder Woman and uh, your uh, Jessica Cruz and stuff. And I was curious, knowing that you love Batman and, and you love drawing him and stuff, was there any character during your run on Justice League that you realized that you really enjoyed drawing? Well, you know, the one that really kind of spoke to me early on was Wonder Woman. And, nice. Uh, that was actually one of the, like, I think I had, when I was talking with Dan DiDio, I had mentioned Wonder Woman, but I think they had maybe announced, like, they had already struck the deal with, with uh, Dave Finch to draw Wonder Woman. And so there was no way I was going to be able to, you know, draw that book. But I, I always kind of felt like if there was any female character I really wanted to focus on, it would be her because I really, uh, she's a kind of, she's a female character that you don't need to sexualize. You can, you can draw her very confident, strong, almost like a, a do these strong poses. And then I just add a little bit of femininity in there, but she just comes off so strong and, and just, uh, uh, I don't know. I really, I really fell in love with that character and, and Jeff did too. The interesting thing is Jeff had admitted to me that before, before writing a virus, he never really knew what to do with wonder woman. Um, he never really knew how to to write her or to find her voice, and and during that Amazo virus, he he had gone back and really read a lot of the classic Wonder Woman runs, and he just discovered what this character was really all about, and so that's why he got really pumped up. He's like, I want Dark Side War to really focus on Wonder Woman, and I think I inspired him a little bit too because of, I had really taken to drawing the character so we both kind of fell in love with this character both not really knowing much about her and then slowly over the the progress of that book you know just i don't know it just really came together and and uh i i I would love to work on some more wonder woman stuff in the future i don't know if it'll happen but you know maybe one day um some of the other characters i i really liked was like mr miracle I, I believe I had suggested to Jeff that I really wanted to draw Mr. Miracle and, and uh, 
he really liked some of those of those new god characters so he incorporated more of them into the story you know hal jordan i really liked drawing him uh yeah. lex Luth- lex luther was one of those characters where i really didn't think i would i would like drawing lex luther but i i loved it i i was like I don't know why. I just really felt I got his his emotions right and the way his facial expressions would be. And, uh, yeah, so I had a lot of fun with him. And, uh, you know, Dark Side was fun to draw as well. But, uh, yeah, those those are, some, those are kind of the characters. You know, Wonder Woman, Mr. Miracle, Green Lantern, like those characters I really felt just comfortable with whenever I had to draw them. And uh, they've become, you know, favorites of mine, you know, going forward. So... Yeah, because uh, I really liked how he, you know, put Wonder Woman in the forefront of the story and how he had her, like, even narrating it. And uh, uh, it it really, you know, he just really nailed Wonder Woman in this arc really good. And uh, I think it'll be looked back on as, a you know, a great arc for her character. Um, and I was curious where you mentioned Luthor. Uh, did they give you uh, um, full creative options with, like, designing his new, like, super suit and stuff? Yeah, the the super suit that he gets at the end of Darkseid War, you know, they had asked, we had kind of talked about it, and so I I did a a design. uh, Originally, that was the design was kind of what I was thinking it would look like if I ever got to design the green and purple version of Lex Luthor, you know, his suit. But but that never kind of came up in the story. We we just kind of kept with the the one that was in the continuity at the time. I think Ivan Rice had designed the green and purple one uh during amazo ryerson before that but yeah so it, it, i like working with jeff he gives you a lot of creative you know freedom to design co- uh, character costumes I, I when i came on to justice like i actually wanted to redesign all the costumes and and do my own take on everything but they you know dc kind of wanted me to stick with specifics for most of the characters like i wanted to do a new batman suit i wanted to do a a superman costume that looked more like something out of the uh the old uh fleischer brothers superman cartoon uh yeah you know the wonder woman costume is different and that all came out because i did some sketch like five years ago of like a more of a, a warrior wonder woman and jeff had seen it and said hey can you come can you use that costume in our book and so, yeah, mm. you know, that, that's kind of how, why the Wonder Woman costume looked different in our book than it did in the Wonder Woman's, you know, mm. series. Like most fans of the Joker are apprehensive, you know, Joker origin stories usually, but I really love how you guys have taken on this and, and kind of like Batman finding out, you know, uh, his origin and, and more about him and stuff. And I was just curious uh, what your thoughts were when you first found out that you were going to get to explore that. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, uh, you know, working with, with Jeff, he, he, the guy thinks like, the guy thinks like two or three years down the line when it comes to stories. <laughs> and so he already, like there was a whole bunch of story beats that, that we had discussed like the first like time we talked on that phone when he called me at midnight, like we, we discussed a whole bunch of these story things that all came true within the series to, to a, you know, to a pretty decent, uh, accurate degree. I mean, there were some things that didn't kind of pan out mostly because of time or, or what we were going to do after if we stayed on justice league. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, the one thing was the whole the whole Wonder Woman 
having a twin brother uh, thing, um, which we actually talked about. It's actually hidden within the free comic book day issue. It's all in there. Uh, the little story there uh, talks about who the brother's name is and all, all this stuff. And one guy picked it up like a long time ago and he emailed me this whole theory and I didn't even respond because he was right. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, couldn't, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't say anything because I would spoil it. So, and and the other thing was the, was the Joker thing. Uh, uh, you know, this whole Joker idea about there being three Jokers. Uh, Jeff gave me this whole pitch about this idea and at first I was kind of like, oh, man, that's really, I don't know. I, you know, I don't think he should mess with the Joker origin. But the more he explained it to me and the more he had this big elaborate thing that he wanted to do with the character, I was like, okay, this is awesome. You've just sold me on this. This is a really, this is a really different idea. And, and, and uh, you know, the way he kind of had it all come together in the book was really cool as well and uh and it was again it was one of those things where batman sits on the mobius chair in issue 42 or whatever it was 43 i, don't, I can't remember and and he asks you know what is the joker's name and then i i remember reading like message boards and comments and they were like they, you know they'll never go into that they'll never talk about <laughs> and and so you know in in some way we you know we never really ever planned to give his name but we that whole he knew from that moment what the identity, like the whole answer coming back really was. And so uh, it's been fun to explore that. Meow. This is Selena Kyle. Some call me Catwoman. And when I'm not pulling the perfect crime-snatching diamonds along with Batman's heart all over Gotham, I'm curled up next to my kitty and listening to Bat Force Radio. Let's just say that I would really love to do a Batman story with Jeff one day. Uh, you know, I would I would really love to have him write. He's never he Jeff has written almost he's written a lot of different characters, but he's never written Batman within the like the DC continuity. Like he's worked on Earth One, his uh, Earth One Batman, which is really cool. But a lot of criticisms when it came to to Batman and stuff. And I mean, when he put out Earth One, I. I just thought it was phenomenal. It was a, it was a very original story, and it, it literally is like one of my favorite uh, incarnations of Alfred in that book. And uh, I would love for you guys to, to do a Batman book someday. Yeah, it would be cool. I mean, that's not, that's one of my those dream books I would love to do. Uh, you know, there's there's a but. I mean, if 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 Jeff if Jeff said to me, hey, let's let's take the like the worst character in DC history and write a really sweet book about it. I would be like, okay, Jeff, whatever you want. Like he's the kind of guy that, you know, you just, he, he gets so excited about what he's working on and what he's writing that, you know, that, that excitement just spills over and, and it just turns into something really cool. You know? I mean, and he can do it too. I mean, he basically did that with Aquaman at the start of the new 52. Like, I, you know, always said, like, if I would ever thought that Aquaman would be one of my favorite books or told my past self that, you know, I'd laugh in my face. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he really uh, 
revitalize that character and uh so i have complete faith in him you know and i mean if he explored the whole joker thing further you know i i know he definitely knows what he's doing and stuff as as far as that he he has never disappointed me before so <laughs> <laughs> yeah hey jay uh being that jeff johns is now overseeing uh, um all these dc movies uh any chance that you might be able to be a artistic consultant because I, I think that would be a really good move on dc and warner brothers part just yeah, you know, I, I I would love to do something like that. I've I've hinted at it, and I said, hey, you know, if you ever need somebody to do some designs or something, you know. But I think they got. I mean, they have whole teams of guys that you know are working with them on that kind of stuff. But uh, you you know, I don't know. You never know. Maybe down the line, yeah. I, I've often said, you know, it would be really neat to take like a half a year off and move down to LA and work in a studio <laughs> on a movie or something. I, that would be a really neat opportunity. But, uh, you know, for right you, now, you, you never know. Cause, uh, in the past they had, uh, they had Dave Finch do uh, concept work for the Watchmen film. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. Uh, speaking of design real quick, just, just going back one second, you said you wanted to redesign a lot of, uh, suits and whatnot for the justice league members. What would the Batman suit have looked like? I, I um, <laughs> or is that under wraps? Is that? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I, I let's just say I, I wanted it's to. It's easier of... to tell Bat to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just I wanted to do really what I wanted to do was have it so that each character had a little bit of a different costume. It's like, you know, it's like as if when they go to fight with the Justice League, they kind of they kind of up the ante or whatever. Like they have a little bit of a different look. Um, you know, and Batman, I, I, I've always, I've always really loved the, again, it goes back to the Michael Keaton, like the oval logo. Um, I wanted to play with that a little bit. Uh, but I mean, I really was just going to add a few, a few little things and make it a little bit different than what you see in the, in the, uh, mainstream book at the, at the time, actually, I mean, they, Capullo and Snyder were doing the Jim Gordon as Batman. So, you know, we could have really done whatever we wanted with the bat suit, but then it turned out that Batman sat on the Mobius chair the whole time. And I, re- you know, really didn't get to draw him, you know, too much when it came to action. So it, it kind of all worked out. I kind of got to draw a different kind of Batman throughout the whole series. So oh, that's, that's right. a cool, but I can't wait that's... until DC collectibles puts out that Mobius Batman chair figure. Thank you, DC. Oh, oh, that lights up, you know, the chest and the eyes light up. Thanks, DC. Oh, <laughs> oh and the fingertips. Oh, man. And Green Lantern on the uh, recliner. That'd be great, too, with Cunningham's yes. best. Yeah. Yes. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Now, at, at the risk of bringing down the, uh, the tempo of everything here, uh, we recently did uh, an episode where we spoke at length about the unfortunate loss of Darwin Cook. Uh, now, I know Darwin had uh, a pretty big influence on you and your work. Uh, how, uh, how did his work uh, exactly touch you and, uh, and change what you've done? Hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, Darwin, uh, I, my first exposure to Darwin Cook was, uh, this was, I don't know, maybe six or seven years ago. Uh, I, was, I was in college, and I was just starting to get back into reading a lot of dc comics like before before that i was really a marvel guy and i was reading a lot of wolverine and all this kind of stuff and then i i got into dc after i read kingdom come and uh i started to explore dc comics a little bit more and they dc was starting to put up like these animated films and uh they they came up with like the new frontier justice league the new frontier animated 
and uh, I had never read the book. I'd never heard of Darwin Cook. I got that book or I got that movie and I watched it with a bunch of friends and uh, was really just really loved the art style and I really loved the story. And then I found it, oh, this is all based off of a comic book. So I found the comics and I read them and I just I just instantly fell in love with that the look of Darwin Cook's work, the way he told story, the way he wrote the characters and wrote the story. It was just so deep and had, you know, just this connection to that classic kind of, you know, I, I never read comics in the fifties or sixties, you know, I, I never did, but there's just like this romanticism about that time and, and the superhero and, and Darwin really captured that and had this, you know, this, this magic and this, awe and wonder to the way he captured uh, these characters and and uh yeah after reading that after reading that comic i fell in love with with dc superheroes and, and that comic exposed me to a lot of you know characters that you know i'd never heard of uh, before really even knew much about and uh you know i i then learned that darwin cook was a fellow canadian and you know that was really cool to know that he was a you know, a Canadian. He's got some ties here with the Windsor area as well. And uh, years later, I went. I was at New York Comic Con. I think it was the first time I ever went. I was working for Aspen Comics, and he was there, and he had a big line of people. And and now looking back on it, I really wish I would have got in that line just to shake his hand and say, "Hey, you know, I really loved your work. You exposed me to all of these great DC superheroes." And I, you know, really to me that 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 book the new frontier is like one of the those definitive dc superhero books and uh you know it's just a really sad sad loss uh with the passing of darwin and um you know it just i don't know i, I don't really don't know too much more to say but he, he really had an influence on me and i'm you know i'll be forever grateful for his work and and uh his passion for these characters and it's going to live on for you know very very long time hopefully one day i'll be able to you know have my my uh, my son read you know justice league the new frontier and watch the movie with him and and uh, hopefully that'll be something that'll lead him into really loving these heroes as well uh, there, there's another thing uh you you've got a, a young boy now uh what was his first superhero shirt i'm, I'm sure he's had something <laughs> on by now yeah he's got a couple batman uh shirts and uh and a superman one as well um, but yeah, we've a lot of Batman. There's there's some Batman stuff in his room as well. Um, so he's gonna he's gonna probably grow up a, a DC fan for sure. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now uh, we we talked a lot about your design of characters, and maybe this is just me uh, seeing it, uh, and maybe it wasn't even there. But particularly in Justice League uh, Fifty. I felt like uh, Batman's appearance seems to hearken to the Ben Affleck Batman look. Uh, what, was that, was that something that, that you were going towards? I don't know if I was really going towards it, but I think I just think that that's, you know, the, the Ben Affleck, I think, is just looks like comic book Batman, you know, big chin and uh, <laughs> You know, the, the way he looks, you know, he, he like he looks like the comic book Batman that I've always wanted. And, uh, you know, uh, I think I, I don't know. I, I've always been influenced by what I see on screen and, and the movie versions, uh, you know, um, 
you know, say, you know, you could say what you want about Man of Steel and uh, Henry Cavill's Superman, but I think he looks like Superman, and I really love the suit that he has. I, I've always, I, I've always thought, like, why don't you just use that costume in the comics? It's such a cool costume, you know, visually. I really love the that that design. Uh, I've always that was if I could draw Superman, I was going to kind of try and incorporate some of that into the costume. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I find like I'm a visual person, so even watching Marvel movies or Star Wars or whatever, I I try to I tend to draw from all of these different sources and and bring them all into um, you know my my work and the way I draw things. Rob, you want to? Should we fire up lightning round real quick, Rob? Yeah, we might as well uh, while we've got uh, some time to do it. We, we like to do what we call the lightning round, which is just a series of mostly asinine questions. Uh, and we just wanna, want you to give the, the first answer that comes off the top of your head. You know, even if it's just one word, just, just say it and we move on to the next one. <laughs> okay, I'll try. Jay, this is Grandpa Batman and a uh, big fan. Awesome, right. man. <clears throat> Here we go. Um, you look like a fit guy. How much do you deadlift? <laughs> I, I've, I've never I don't think I've ever tried to see what I can do <laughs> standard answer standard answer okay uh, what's your favorite type of pizza pepperoni bacon mushroom is it a deep dish or a thin crust what do they have here in Canada Robin what do they do in Windsor it's kind of like uh, yeah well we, we kind of have our own it's uh, it's apparently referred to as Windsor pizza so I don't know if it fits the definition of anywhere else yeah, it's really good pizza. Armando's, that's my favorite. Armando's pizza. Yeah, yeah, they're excellent. All right, what's your favorite type of M&M? Oh, man, they're all the same. <laughs> I, I Actually, no, I like the peanut one. Oh, peanut. nice. Right. There you go, Rick. Score one for the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you have any favorite type of music? Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of progressive rock Um I like uh, my favorite band of all time is Genesis. I like the Peter Gabriel and the Phil Collins stuff, but uh, I like nice. I, I like Dream Theater. Big Van Halen fan. Yeah, I, I love. I, I I'm into. I've really been into progressive rock lately. A lot of these British bands and stuff like that. It's just kind of out there and a little bit different. Do you play any instrument? Yeah, I play guitar. Uh, I grew up playing guitar and uh, wanted to sing in a band when I was in high school. I played in a band and we did all kinds of cover songs and whatnot. But uh, that was my other dream was I wanted to be a musician, but it never happened. <laughs> you know what? I mean, with you and David Finch right there in Windsor, I think you guys could start like a cool boy band. What would the <laughs> name of your boy band be? <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> the artist. Ed. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I think the the F boys. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Finch and Fab. There you go. Hey, you mentioned the uh, video game. You went to school, you know, for uh, animation and and stuff like that. What are, what are some of your video games that you like to play? I love uh, RPGs. Like I've been playing through The Witcher Three. Uh, I just played Uncharted Four. That was really awesome. Uh, playing through f- some Fallout. I just got the Fallout DLC. I'm playing that right now. Cool. I don't know. I, I like a whole host of different video games. You know. You do uh, not know how much they give me for playing role-playing games, and I'm glad we're on the same board. <laughs> I played, for for years, I played like like MMO games. Like back when I was in high school, I played EverQuest and uh, World of Warcraft and that kind of stuff. Like I love I love all those kinds of things. I love multiplayer stuff where I can play with my buddies and. Uh, for me, video games is just a great escape. You know, um, I'd rather 
I'd rather sit down and play a game than watch a movie, probably. Cool. Nice. Have you played any of the Batman titles, and do you have, like, a favorite? Yeah, I, I love all of them. I, but I think Arkham Asylum, the first one, yes. was my favorite. Yes. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> I've liked all the other ones, too. But that, that one was my favorite. We're we're all waiting right now for uh, the release of those remastered uh, editions of Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. Yeah, that'd, that'd be pretty cool. If uh, if you, I know you're exclusive to DC, but if DC ever approached you and said, "Hey, we'd like you to do a crossover title with like Batman and Marvel character," what crossover title would you like to work on? If I ever worked for Marvel. Uh, the two characters I've always really loved at Marvel was uh, Wolverine and Captain America, you know, but they would have to be the classic versions of them. Like I want to draw like brown and yellow Wolverine, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like the seventies, eighties version, you know, uh, oh, and Captain America. I really like the classic Captain America, but uh, mm. you know, like I said, I grew up a Marvel fan. I, I, I loved the X-Men um, growing up. I mostly because of the cartoon show, um, yeah. really loved X-Men. Maybe that's why I felt a. have always wondered if, because they based that show off of Jim Lee's art and then watching that show as a kid and then all of a sudden discovering Jim Lee was this comic book guy later on and uh, it just instantly had this love for that kind of art style. Maybe it was all linked to that cartoon, but yeah, really loved the X-Men growing up. We asked uh, we asked Finch this the other, when we had him on a few weeks back and in the past, we've talked about this concept called a Frankenbat, which would be, you know, you take some artist and you tell them you can only draw one feature of, of a, like a Batman, like Dave Finch would draw the belt or whatever. Mm-hmm. What artist would you get to draw your Frankenbat? Like I mentioned, I really like Tim Sale. I really like the way that he draws like the... The, uh, even though I would never draw the giant pointy ears, I really like the Tim Sale's giant pointy ears. But at the same time, I really like Frank Miller's like short, stubby Batman ears. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love uh, the Jim Lee's way that he drew draws the belt, these big pouches from Batman Hush. I always like the big pouch belt. Maybe the Frank Miller, uh, Frank Miller emblem. I really like the big, huge bat kind of the way that they did it in Batman v Superman. I've always liked that look. What's yeah. your favorite what, what's your favorite part of the the of drawing Batman like what that gets you all giddy to do? Like do you love drawing the the gloves, the the cape, the belt? What's the mm. or if somebody came up to you and gave you a blank and said draw one aspect of Batman because I'm getting other artists to do it. What what would be your favorite part to do? For me I I've always I always really like the mask and the, the face, you know, on Batman. Um, you know, that's, it's always, you, there's so many different ways that people draw Batman. You could really draw that face like a thousand different ways and each way is a little bit different, but, uh, you know, I've, um, you know, I always, always love that really sharp nose, uh, the, that really sharp line of the nose. And, and I also, I've always loved giving Batman the stubble. I love it when artists give Batman yeah. a stubble, like as if he hasn't <laughs> yes. slept for days, you know, like you know, no other character has that, but Batman does it. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, I said, he don't no, have full, time. Hey. <laughs> full, full disclosure, full disclosure on this Franken-Bat idea. When we spoke to Dave about it, uh, he said that he would be that he would really be into partaking in something like that. So 
just so you're aware, I am probably going to be bothering both of you about it at some point. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get like a free Tim Hortons coupon for it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, who do you think is going to win the Stanley Cup? Oh man. Well, I hope I kind of I'm kind of rooting for Pittsburgh to win the beat out Tampa Bay. Um, but uh, I don't know. I think San Jose is going to win it. it. They look pretty strong. They kicked the crap out of St. Louis. So oh. uh, it might it might be their year. It might be San Jose's year finally to win. But uh, I like them. I'm, I like their suits. That was the question I had for you is, who is your favorite hockey player ever? Oh, uh, Wayne Gretzky. Oh, cool. Yeah. I grew up a Wayne Gretzky fan. You know, I rooted for the L.A. Kings when I was a kid. And then when he got traded to St. Louis, I liked St. Louis. Then when he got traded to New York, I became a New York fan. <laughs> and, then, yeah. and then, and then when, and then when Gretzky retired, I had like no team. And so I, I started. My my buddy but was. You a live in Canada. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I I I then I then my buddy was a Leafs fan, and so I I've since since then I've been a Maple Leafs fan, and so uh, yeah, it's been. Uh, been tough being a Leafs fan, but but it seems it finally seems like things are coming around for them. They they're gonna have a really good draft and they got some really good players. I actually had that wrote down when do you think the Leafs will ever win the Stanley Cup, but <laughs> I think they I didn't want to pry. I think they will. It'll happen eventually. I mean, nobody thought Chicago would ever win the Stanley Cup. You know? <laughs> and then, then look what, what happened to them. All, all, it, all it took was a couple of good draft picks, and they, they got Absolutely. some for management, and now they're winning. So, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Who would have ever thought L.A. would have won a bunch of Stanley Cups without Gretzky? But they, they did. <laughs> yeah, well, I live in Michigan, and I hate the Red Wings, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been a Red Wings fan. Never been a Red Wings fan. <laughs> do you do a lot of conventions, or do you have any upcoming a schedule for upcoming conventions for 2016? Um, I, I, I really don't do too many conventions. Um. I did WonderCon this year. I'd probably be doing Fan Expo up in Toronto. Uh, mostly, you know what? The most the thing is, is like the last couple of years has just been so busy that doing conventions it takes a lot of time out of out of your work and out of your time with yeah. your family. And I and and I just found that instead of going and sitting in a convention hall for three or four days and then having to fly back, I'd rather just spend that free time with my family. But you see them all the time. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hang out with those nerds. <laughs> but, but, you know, like... Yeah, the, 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 the time constraint is obviously a, a real big thing for, for every artist who, who does the con circuits. Um, Jim Lee, I remember just in the last couple months, he posted a picture in the middle of the night uh, of himself in a hotel bathroom. And he, uh, his caption was that he was, he was sitting in the bathroom working on this cover that he had to had to bang out real quick while his family was sleeping in the other room. So uh, that probably illustrates really well what uh, what doing the con circuit means for um, having to meet your deadlines. <laughs> he looked haggard too. David David yeah. Finch David Finch said that he doesn't even turn the light off when he's sketching. Yeah, his he, family's he'd just be in the room. With him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I'm not a uh, I haven't done too many cons even in my career. I don't I don't really do too many. But I, I would like to. I think I'm going to start doing a little bit more coming up in this next year. Or so like I, I didn't really go into it, but like after finishing up 
Dark Side War, I, uh, I'm going to kind of slow down for the next, at least for the summer and uh, into the fall. And so that means that, you know, I'm taking more time. I want to just, you know, do things with my family on the weekends and, you know, have, have a little bit of a normal life for the next little bit here. Um, you know, before diving into another big project later on in this year. Um, what was your, uh, what was your thought process when you were given an opportunity to do uh, one of the variant covers for the new Dark Knight three title? Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was fun. Um I wish I I wish they would have asked me to do more. I was actually hoping they would have asked me to do a couple more, but uh, the, the the hardest part about that cover was just the fact that everybody had taken like all the ideas, you know, like but by the time I came on there like I had all these layouts and I sent them in, they were just like well, so-and-so is already doing <laughs> that one and hmm. and so and it turned out that somebody had I think uh I, actually, I don't even know who it was, but somebody had done one similar to what I had done with the uh, Batman on the horse. Um, but uh, I always, I, I don't know, I, I really loved that sequence of Batman on the horse, you know, leading that army of, you know, Batman gang people, you know, right uh, from the book. And so, yeah, drawing that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, and like I said, I wish I would have, I wish I would have been asked to do a few more um because I had some ideas for some other things, and uh, would have been cool to do. I love that so much because Dark Knight Returns is like a, a big. It's my favorite story and a big inspiration for why I got into you know Batman and stuff like that. So it was really fun to see a lot of modern and new artists take on that book and that title and kind of throw in their imagination to the to the. Yeah. So I, I loved your your variant, by the way. I think it was kick ass. All right, I got yep. one one final question. You know, you live in Windsor, Finch is in Windsor, Robin's in Windsor, and Robo Rich lives in Detroit, right across the bridge. <laughs> so if you guys go across the bridge, pick up Rich, hit some Taco Bell, then drive down to Eight Mile. <laughs> we will who, who, who wins who wins in a free Free flow rap battle. <laughs> well, it wouldn't be me. Uh, <laughs> not, I don't know if I don't know if Finch could do it either. Uh, <laughs> so maybe, <laughs> he said we'd all be screwed. Uh, yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe maybe Robin. I don't know. You guys uh, like? Yeah. I don't know. I I, I think uh, I'd uh, I'd have to bow out myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the A thing would take off. Yeah, no. <laughs> 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 oh, a lot of A's in um, the boots. <laughs> and, uh, Jason, um, Joker's secret identity. Go. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I remember somebody. I remember somebody asked me that on Twitter, and I just typed in a name like. Billy Mumphrey or something like that. The guy was like, "What?" <laughs> he probably went and searched it for like hours. Yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, Rearranging letters. Yeah. Jay, thank you. We we can't thank you enough for coming on and for what you've done with DC Comics, Batman, the Justice League, everything. We're gonna tweet the hell out of DC to try to get you that artistic consultant gig over on the movies as well we're gonna, try action to get, figures. We're gonna get those action figures going oh trust me we're all over the place oh, man we'll get it going awesome. um, what action figure do you want most or or would you uh want made 
from your collection? I think if I could choose like four or five, I would probably do like my version of Batman, maybe my Mr. Miracle that I did, uh, Grail. I really like that character. Yeah, yeah, maybe this, maybe like you said, the Lex Luthor in the suit, Batman on the Mobius chair. I even like, like I even got it, like I, in Justice League 50, uh, like even did like a new de- design for Dark Side, which I really liked. Ooh. And uh, yeah, you know. we didn't even touch on this yet. I can't believe uh, we didn't mention it. I'm sure Rebirth. you read uh, Rebirth, right? Mm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what uh, what are your thoughts on the on the direction that uh, they've taken with that? Yeah, I I really I really loved that issue. Uh, I kept thinking about it all. Like I I went to the store yesterday and I picked it up and I I kept thinking about it all day. Um, and, uh, I was actually this morning I was reading, I think, uh, civil war two issue zero. Uh, I picked that one up mostly because of, uh, Olivier Coipel doing the, uh, art on that. But I, as I was reading that book, I just kept thinking about rebirth. Number one, I was like, man, that was such a good book, <laughs> you know? but, uh, you know, working with Jeff, we kind of, I kind of knew a lot of the different things that were gonna, was going to happen in that book. Because a lot of the things actually from that book were originally going to be in the end of Justice League 50, but we just kind of ran out of time, to be totally honest with you. Um, you know, with with they had scheduled Rebirth and didn't really schedule too much time for me to work on Justice League 50. And so originally Justice League 50 was going to be an even bigger issue, and then we had to cut it back. But, you know, the whole scene where Batman finds, like, the, the comedian's... Uh, button smiley Ooh. pin button that yeah. was going to be that was going to be at the end of of uh justice league 50 um and there was a couple other things in there i can't really i can't remember right now but the, you know there was some things like that were just going to actually be in there but uh i really loved it i thought it was one of jeff's best issues that scene where wally where, where flash remembers wally was yeah. like yeah. I thought, oh man i mean i was like on. I think I cried. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, I I thought, I I didn't know. I I was reading that book and I was like, he's not going to remember him. He's going to die. And then all of a sudden he's just like, boom, he remembers him. And that, like, it was just, I don't know. Sometimes when you read moments like that, it just hits you so hard. And and that was one of those issues where everything came together so well. And I I think it really, I think it really gives DC, uh, it's given DC a lot of attention. and, And I think, it's going to bring a lot of fans back into DC comics. And is there one rebirth title that you're actually like really excited for? Oh man, there's, well, there's a few. I, I'm, I'm excited for the, uh, Pete Tomasi with Pat Gleason and Doug Monkey on Superman. Yeah. Uh, I love, I, I love those creators. I'm really good friends with Pat and, and he's just, uh, he's got such a, He's just so passionate about his artwork and what he draws. I can't wait to read that one. Um, I want to read All Star Batman um, oh, yeah. with Snyder. I think that would be really. It's going to be a fun book with all the different creators. Um, you know, Bat, the, the Tom King Batman. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be different than what Scott Snyder was doing, but I think it's going to be a really good book. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a bunch of them. Even that, even that one Superman book where he, it's like a Superman from Hong Kong. Um, sounds really different. And, and I don't know, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to give a lot of those books a chance and and read them. Uh, I don't read, it's funny, like as a comic book, even though I work in comics, I don't really read too many comics. 
you know, whenever they, whenever something like this happens and they get all these new books coming out, I'll, I'll check them out and, uh, and, you know, hopefully some of them will really grab me and I'll stick with them. All right. Well, uh, I, we should uh, probably put a pin in it there. Uh, again, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here, especially after what's been such a busy time for you. And, uh, but right now, uh, just enjoy the glory of uh, everyone enjoying what you've created. Try, trying to. It's been really exciting seeing all the reviews coming in on Twitter and reading some of the reviews. And, uh, you know, Jeff called me up yesterday morning and was like, it's a hit, man. Everybody's going to love the book. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you're confident. He knew, he knew he knows like when he's written something good. And yeah. I'm a little bit. I'm a little harsher on myself and I'm thinking, Oh, nobody's going to like it. Mm. But, uh, no, it's, it's going to be good. I'm, I mean, I might, I might disappear for a little while, but I can say that the next project that I do once I'm going to do a couple little things, like a couple one shot books and stuff that will probably come out later on. But when they announce the next thing I do, it's, I think it's going to be the project of my career, you know? And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm saying a lot, but, but I think it's going to be, it could be one of those books that is one of those definitive books for myself, wow. maybe the definitive book. And I can't really say much more than that, but I'm really excited about it. And uh, I'm sure you guys will be excited about it too. Once it's, once it all kind of comes wow. together and announce it, but it's Probably not going to be for a while. <laughs> guys, keep yeah. it, keep in mind, Jay just finished a classic Justice League book. So this, that yeah. says a lot. Yeah. 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 I actually hope this uh, Dark Side Wars gets made into an animated movie, and they make it like your art style. I can, mm-hmm. I couldn't be any more happier if they did that. Yeah, yeah you never that know. So well, you never. They know. did Throne of Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, man. It's it's been a yeah, pleasure thanks. and an honor. Yes. All right. Well, that's gonna do it for another episode of Bat Force Radio. Definitely subscribe to Bat Force Radio over on iTunes and or SoundCloud. For everything imaginable that has to do with Batman and the whole DC Universe. We have more arcs, more reviews, more coverage, more guests, more madness just coming up. So tune in, friends, and thanks again. Hey, it's me, Jason Statham. Yeah, that's right, the transporter. If there's one thing I listen to while driving around kicking the ass of drug lords and stealing their girlfriends, it's Bat Force Radio. And remember, Tommy the Tit listens to Bad Force Radio, and if he ain't, he should be.